0: start this morning by asking, what are some of the things that you hope for in life? Does anybody want to shout a couple of things out? What do we hope for? Maybe your, your kids to have rich parents, maybe. What are some of the things we hope for in life? Jobs, Jobs. good health, good health. Love. love. Oh, we're a bunch of hopeless people. <laughs> I was expecting a bit more. So what else do we hope for? Patience. Patience. All right. I'll give you something which Nolan and I hope for this week. So on Friday, I'm going to embarrass her, Michaela went for a driver's license. So guess what we were hoping for? To get a red P. Yeah, that's what we wanted. And as much as we hoped that all the hours we put into her training, all the hours that she spent with her instructor... The hope we placed that she would not go over the speed limit or go to the coast in the car in front of us. None of that was really our... We couldn't change the outcome of that. Thankfully she passed, so that's good. But as much as we hoped for that, we couldn't change that outcome by our hope. Now... Grant, you had a fantastic experience last year. What happened to your football team? You won the grand final. (laughs) And how many years were you hoping for that? Uh, 56. 56 (laughs) years. (laughs) All right. So, put it this way. If the Bulldogs could do it, the Doggies can do it. Any Saints fans? Maybe one day, Gerald. (laughs) You can hope for that too. All right? But... Could you could you change the outcome of that by hoping? No, you can't. None of us can. So really what I would like to say this morning is how different would it be if we could hope in things that actually knew were going to happen one day? Would it change your mind? Would it change your perception? And really for us as Christians, our hope is to be like Christ. That is where we will be. Okay? And if we hope to be like Christ one day, we can have the assurance of knowing that hope is not hoping in something which might happen, but it is hoping or knowing that it will happen because God has already said it's going to happen. Right? God has already said it's going to happen. And when we have that hope in something which is already predetermined, it changes the way that we can live our life. So let's focus on this passage in scripture, Romans chapter 8. And if you turn with me to Romans chapter 8 in your Bible, or we can read it on the screen. I'll give you a chance to have a look. So Paul writes to the Romans and he says, yeah, he says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified he also glorified. Let's bow our heads as we uh, bring this time to God. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we pray for for you to reveal to us through the power of your spirit what it is like to be Christ-like. Father, we pray for you to To open our hearts, our minds, and our ears, that we can hear what it is like to be conformed into the image of Christ. Father, this morning we pray for your Spirit to work in our lives, to work in our hearts, to work in the lives of those around us, that as we hear your word and meditate on these things, that Lord, you would reveal to us the wonders and the truths that are in your word, and that we can apply these to our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if we look at verse verse 28, I've highlighted some things in yellow. So it says, and we know that in all things God works. Now, when you think of all things, that's everything in your life and my life at this moment everything that's going on in this world right at this moment and when you think of the things that are going on in the world joe made a reference to a couple in his prayers but if you think of what's going on in the world at the moment we have yes we've had floods fire there's war there's famine there's sickness like this covid those are all the bad things but what about all the good things We have life, right? We live in a wonderful country. We have clothes, we have food, we have family. These are all things, everything that we have, both the good and the bad, is encompassed in those words, in all things. And when we spoke about hope before, that hope, it's the knowing, it's the assurance right? that God has already done something and God is going to continue to do something in our lives. It's that confident assurance of hoping in an outcome that has already been determined long before you and I were born. So when we take that into our life right? and we use that in this context of a year, I'm not going to say that we're going to misapply this this context but sometimes people say don't worry be happy because in the end it's all going to work out, it'll be good how many times have you heard that said? don't worry you're going through a tough time now but don't worry it'll all work out for the good in the end right? that is not what Paul is saying here right? that is not what Paul is saying here what Paul is saying in everything that is happening God is working to an end goal that he's already determined. And it doesn't matter what happens in life at the moment. It doesn't matter if there's war or famine, sickness, disease, happiness, joy, sadness. God can take those things and use them in a way that we will still get to that end goal. That end goal has already been determined for those who love him. If you think of the people who this message was aimed at, Paul wrote this message to the believers in Rome. Maybe some of those were facing persecution. Some of them knew that they were probably going to face death because they chose to follow Christ. Maybe like you and I, in their lives they experienced trials, troubles, things that just didn't go right. But what would have happened if they focused so much on those things that they forgot their end goal? How different would that have been? So when we look at our world today, it's a picture of a broken world. So I suppose if you look holistically, the planet, the universe, right? There's global warming, there's deforestation, there's all of that. But let's take this to a personal level. What is your world that you are living in at the moment? What is the world that we, let's say for me, for Mark, what is the world that that I'm in at the moment? Could it be my family? Could it be my work? Could it be my own personal life, my own personal struggles? What is that world that is broken And when you think of that broken world don't let your brokenness detract from the end goal which has already been determined for you and for me. Now I think quite often we can focus on the things around us and we can forget that God is for us. We've just sung it. God is for us. God will never fail he will make a way. Right? And if we have that hope, and again it's not a hope like somebody winning a grand final, it is a hope of knowing that God has already gone and God has already done that. That blessed assurance, it's there. So when we think in that aspect, yes our world is broken, but one day it's going to be completely different. And that might not happen while we're still on this earth. But one day, we will be like Christ. One day, right? we will worship God. And we will worship Jesus in the way that God has already made it to be. That's one day. And while we are living now, let's not lose hope. Let's not lose sight of that fact. That God has gone before. And God has made a way. And what we are experiencing in life right now, God will turn that and change that. All things for the good of those who love him. Let's go back to what happened on the cross. John 3.16 For God so loved the world so that whoever believes in him may not die but have eternal life. Can you remember one of them who was crucified with Jesus on the cross? What did Jesus say to him when he repented? Today you will be with me in paradise. The call has been put out into the world. Those who respond to the call, those whose lives are changed by the call, God will work. And God will ensure our salvation. So let's go back to where we started. The world that you and I are living in. Yes, we're going to have troubles. We're going to have struggles, but we're going to have the good times and the bad. But in the midst of all of that, the end goal is that one day we will be like Christ. Now that invitation is there for all. But it's only those who respond to that invitation, those whose lives are changed by the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives, they will be the ones who will become like Christ. If we look at this next passage that's highlighted, conformed to the image of Christ. It says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So once again, what is our goal as Christians? It's to be conformed into the image of of his son. Now when you think of that, that can be a process. And I think Wally made reference a couple of weeks ago in a couple of sermons. I think he counted somebody had been a Christian for over 65 years. Am I correct? Am I correct? Over 65 years? Right? You compare that to maybe a Christian who's been a Christian for a day or two. Right? There is a little bit of difference in the way these people live their lives, the fruit of the spirit that has become evident over that time. But that doesn't change the fact doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, you are still going to become like Christ because that's the eternal destiny of every Christian. God has already made it that way. Now when I was looking at this at the sermon, the word Predestined comes up. And Joe, you read it in, in the passage in Ephesians as well. And I'm going, oh, this is a difficult topic. Is this one I want to get into and how do I try and explain it? And I thought of a way which somebody mentioned on the internet and I thought I'll, I'll uh, apply to our lives. So once again, Grant, we've got a building program on the go, haven't we? We have. Right? And what are we going to build this building to? According to what? According to, plans. According to plans. Guess what? So by having a plan at the start, we should know what the end's going to look like. Am I right? Okay. Correct? And for those who've been around building plans and things, invariably along the way, when you dig into the ground, you might find a rock or something else that you have to do, and we have to what? Uh, adjust. adjust. Correct. So, but in the end, we still get to the... The point, we still get to the building that has been built. So, thank you for that impromptu, Akron. But you understand the point that I'm making. We're going to have a building which has been built according to a very specific plan. So, in maybe very plain and simple language, think of predestination as this. It's God's purpose and plan to rule his universe as he has already determined. Right? So think of it that way. There's a plan and an end. And God's already got that. So there's nothing that is happening on this world that is catching God by surprise. COVID hasn't caught God out. The war in the Ukraine hasn't caught God out. Okay. The struggles and the sufferings that we face in life God doesn't go, oh, gee, I didn't see that. Right? But God is able to take all of those things and work them towards his end goal, right? which is for you and I to become like Christ. Right? And we will worship God and we will worship Christ in the way that God had intended because it's already been set in place. And no matter how many times we try and go left and right, and move and change and think that we have the best intentions, God can take our silly mistakes and move things and bring us back to that end point, that end goal which he has already determined. So when you think of this, it's a journey from start through to finish and you and I are part of that journey You and I are part of God's plan. God has called you and God has called me. And our destiny is to be like Christ. Now we've got the choice. While we're alive, we can seek out God daily. We can change our lives and focus on God and start showing the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We can start having those things already right now and having an impact in the world around us and changing our lives. So why not live with that hope right now? Why not become like Christ on this earth? Let's live that, that life that God has called us to live right now in response to what he has done. And here's the fact. By the time we die, we're not going to be like Christ. But one day we will. And that day is yet to be determined when Christ comes again and everybody will, will be raised and we will worship God. We will worship Christ for who he is. And everybody around him is going to be in the image of Christ. So you and I, who are Christians, will one day worship Christ the way that God intended it to be. And we will be like him. We won't be the same as Jesus, but we will be like him. We will have his character. And we can do that because God has already ordained it. Now, when you look at this section over here, can you see the words that I've highlighted in yellow? He, 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 he. This tells us once again about what God has done. It's not based on what you and I have done. This is all according to God's plan. God has already worked this out for you and for me. God has come and God has changed the way that things are. Because if it was left up to you and me, I suppose the decisions that we make would have got us far off the plan from where God wanted us to be. When we are conformed into the image of Christ, we are progressively being moulded into his image. As the spirit works inside our lives, there's a transformation that takes place. And this transformation that happens inside eventually displays itself in outward behaviours. So go back to thinking about this. Is this something which I have done? Or is this something which God is doing in me? and what God is doing in you. How many of you people have ever called a dog or a cat and it comes running? How many times have you ever called a dog and a cat and it doesn't come? Probably more a cat than a dog, isn't it? How many times have you called a family member A kid, a parent, and maybe they're so busy on something else, maybe it's one that we have a struggle with in our house is people having earphones in. They're there, but they're not there. You call them and it's blissfully unaware. You see this in the world around us today. People are so preoccupied with other things. There's a call, but there's no response. So what about our lives? When God calls us. When God calls you and God calls me. The word called is also highlighted here. When he calls you and he calls me. What is our response? Hello? Yes, I hear you. Thank you. Or do we go, yes Lord. What would you like me to do? Right. So when we look at the the, the word called in, in this context, it's not just calling to say, come here, but it's a, it's a call which leads to a change in, in people's lives. So when God calls us, right, there needs to be that change in our lives. And when we look at it in this context, when this change happens, right, we can see that God will justify us, and then it says, "Who God has justified, God will glorify." So let's focus on this word, justify. I think everybody's favorite villain at the moment is probably Vladimir Putin. Am I correct? Invading the la- the land of Ukraine, some, I think, as America said, they wanted to charge him for war cr- war crimes. So can you imagine Vladimir Putin being in a court of law and all these charges are brought against him and suddenly he's declared innocent? Does that make sense? Is it fair? It's not, is it? Because we want justice. We want him to pay for the crimes that he's committed. Likewise, in a court of law, when somebody is found guilty of their crimes. They are punished in accordance with the laws of that land. So, what does this say when God calls us and he will also justify us? So think of your own life. If you stand before God, the penalty of sin is death. Right now, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly not sinless. Right, so as I stand here, I am a sinner. And if I stand before God, those sins, the penalty of that sin is death. But this is what God has done for you and me. God comes and says, even though you deserved to die, through the death of my son Jesus Christ, you have been my sin, you are set free. So we can stand then in front of God, blameless because of the blood of Christ. So we can then be justified. We can be set free from the penalty of that sin. So think of that process. God calls. We respond. Our lives show the evidence of the working of God's Holy Spirit in our life. And we go through this process of justification. Then it comes up to the stage that says we will be glorified. Now, that's word which normally we focus on God when we bring glory. Yeah? We're going to be glorifying God. Isn't it a strange word to say that God's going to justify us and then he's going to glorify us? Doesn't it sound strange? But remember, what is our purpose? Our eternal destiny is to be like Christ, conformed into the likeness of Christ. So we will be glorified in that. Once again, God will be doing things in our lives and one day, not necessarily now, but one day when Christ comes again, we will be glorified with Christ because we'll be made and conformed into his likeness so when you look at these verses there's probably a sermon in, in each and every one of those those verses that we had but let's focus on this these verses reveal our past these verses reveal our present but also reveal our future. And you know what our future is? God has planned for your salvation and mine. God has already ordained it. He's planned it. And you know, at some point in the lives of people, when they answer that call of Christ, they start that process of being justified because God sets us free. And one day, when we meet Christ face to face, we will see him as he is, and we will be glorified with God. If you look at the slide, called, justified, glorified. Have you been called? Have we answered that call? Do we know that we have been justified through the death and resurrection of Christ? And are we living our lives, right, knowing that God has got a plan for us? So in spite of the struggles and the tribulations that we're facing, Let us not lose sight of the fact that one day we're going to be glorified with Christ because that is the end goal which God has already had. It is there. So when we go back to asking what is our hope? What is it that we hope for? Well, I can certainly say this my hope is that one day I'm going to be glorified with Christ because that's the way God has already ordained it. And if I give my life to Christ and I follow him, one day I will be with him in his glory. God has already made it that way. It's already there. We cannot change that. Now, think of your life, think of mine, think of our friends, think of our families. How many have heard that call and have not responded? There's some work for you and I to do as as God's people, to keep praying for those, those members of our family, those people at work, your friends that don't know God. There's some work for us to do as Christians to pray for those people because we would like to see them also achieve what God has destined for them to become, to be justified and glorified. We have a part to play in the lives of other people and we have a part to play in this hope that can be experienced in a world that is Probably hopeless in in many situations at the moment. So, if I go back to that very, very first line, verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So, as we leave here this morning, Let us go with the hope of knowing that whatever we are facing in this world right now, let's not lose hope. Let's not lose sight of what the end goal is. One day, we will be like Christ. And at the moment, we're in the process of being made into the likeness of Christ. So it doesn't matter what we're going through. Right? In the end, we're going to get there because God has already said it that way and God has obtained it that way. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you that our salvation does not depend upon us. We want to thank you, Lord God, that our salvation is not dependent on our works, but it is entirely, Lord God, on what you have done for us, that our salvation, Lord God, was made possible through the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Lord God, that this is all according to your purpose and your plan, which you have set out so long ago and that you are working all things on this world towards that plan. Thank you, Lord God, that your glory and your majesty are supreme and that nothing in this world will ever overcome that which you have already put in place. And as we as your people journey on this process towards Christ likeness to be conformed into the image of Christ. We pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would guide us and lead us and sustain us as we go through the trials and tribulations that we face. And help us also to remember, Lord, that one day, one day it will be complete. And on that day we will rejoice with all our brothers and sisters in Christ who will be transformed into the image of Christ and we will worship Christ in the way that you have planned. So sustain us along this journey. Keep our eyes fixed on you. Keep our hearts and minds focused on the love that you have for us. And through the power of your Holy Spirit may we be the image of Christ in the world that you expect today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.